Hey cousins, welcome to Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome cousins to this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. I'm your cousin Cornell Wright, the people's lobbyist. Today we're going to be talking about a connection between history and headlines and information that's important to our lives today. And that history has to do with the Tuskegee syphilis experiment that was started in 1932 in Tuskegee, Alabama in Macon County, Georgia. Now for those of you cousins who aren't familiar with this, this was and in fact has been documented as being the longest non-therapeutic experiment on human beings in the history of medicine and public health. Let me tell you what happened. In 1932, coming back in, the history is after World War I, syphilis, which is a, a sexually transmitted disease, was rampant and causing a lot of difficulties and impact on public health. The study started out in 1932 where they identified this, well gee, let's go find some people who are already infected and they found some 300 black men who were then sharecroppers living, at, most of them sharecroppers, living in that area of Tuskegee, Alabama. They already had syphilis. So the urban legend is they gave them syphilis. No, they already had it. But what they did do, and they also, had, they also found like 200 men in the same area who didn't have syphilis. Now the reason why you get men to do it is because it's easier to tell whether a man has contracted syphilis or not, not so easy to tell with women. So they found these 300, 400 men that, that had syphilis already and another 200 and what they did is they told them that they were going to be treating them for what is referred to back in the day as bad blood. Now bad blood was, was used as a description in medical parlance and by doctors for a whole variety of issues back then because they didn't really have any other answers. But one of the elements of bad blood was in fact syphilis. They told these men that they were going to be treated for some symptoms associated with bad blood. Now, this study was conducted by the Public Health Services Organization. That was an element of the federal government and we would now know how that organization has morphed into becoming a part of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. Similar missions in that period of time. You follow me, cousins? So what happened is they then gave, they didn't give these men syphilis, but they did not treat them either. So along comes about 1947 and everybody knew and penicillin was the prescribed treatment for stopping penicillin. Now there's a whole story as to how, this, how the uh, program got started, what happened along the way, but the point is, what we need to keep in mind, is that from 1932 until 1972, 40 years, cousins, 40 years, these men, they knew, the public health people knew that they had syphilis and they weren't treating them for it because they wanted to have to be a long-term study. Now, you tell me, is that caring about your cousin? Is that going to do and give them an opportunity to change their lives? And if you ever read the information, you talk about syphilis, it is a horrific disease that can be transmitted not only to your partner, their spouses and their wives, but then also to your children. It could be congenital. So there was a whole number of people who then experienced these terrific disease. And by the way, it was not, if you will, 
these people didn't necessarily stay and continue to be in that area. They started to move around. They started to better themselves, to get more education, and be more contributing cousins to the society. In 1947, all the public health people knew that penicillin, sometimes in one shot, was a cure for syphilis. One shot, cousins. So, they allowed these men to continue to have the disease. In 1972, finally, it was identified by a whistleblower who came in and said, hey, folks, this is all wrong. This is contrary to all the information that's associated with the Hippocratic Oath, i.e. do no harm, and in order to take care, of people, and take care of people, that's public health is what they're supposed to be doing. So, so finally, in 1972, the experiment was stopped. Now, I was around in 1972, so were a lot of other cousins around in 1972. And just because you might not have heard about this, I knew about this, oh, about, say, 1976, thereabouts. As did a number of other people, what, in the black community, because the word got out. It wasn't highly publicized, but the word got out, which does what? Causes people to have a justified reason for not trusting public health and, more specifically, experimentation in drugs. So it went so far in 1997, President Clinton then finally issued, if you will, an official apology to the members of their families and their people in order to say, hey, we're really sorry that happened, it was terrible, and then they enacted laws and protocols now so that sort of thing can't ever happen again, i.e. gross use of human beings for experimental testing. That brings us to today, cousins. Because what do we hear in the headlines now? We hear that, well, in order for them to come up with a coronavirus vaccine, they have to have a, a clinical three trials. That kind of says you have to get a number of people, a large number of people. Depending upon the drug, I've heard estimates somewhere between 3,000 and 40,000 people have to be a part of the trials. The difference is now, thankfully, that they have to be more upfront and more honest with people as to what the exposures are and what the risks are. So cousins, you think about it. Whenever you see the advertisements on TV and they say, gee, if you take this particular medication, it might also result in X, Y, Z, growing hair on your face, growing hair on your head, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying. Those are all the results of some of those clinical trials that did in fact happen to someone, okay? What we've heard recently in regards to some of the clinical trials out now, that, well, gee, as they got started with some things, they had to slow down because someone developed some ailments that were pretty serious. So I talked to some of my doctor friends, and this is not a complete list, so you gotta talk to them. So part of the issue is, when you think about it, they're trying to figure out what's the right dosage, how much to give. They're trying to figure out what's the best way to get it in. Do you take a pill? Do you take a cough syrup? You get a shot? How much you use? whether it depends upon your size or not, whether it depends upon your ethnicity. Also, in regards to whether it's kids or older people, so there's a lot of things. You can understand all the different combination of things that have to come and try to figure out just where is this going to be the right approach and the right amount of the, of the drug in order to help fight off the COVID vaccine, to be a COVID vaccine, rather, okay? So it's, it's laborious, it's, it's painstaking. They're following scientific procedures, and now, among other things, thanks to the Tuskegee experiment, they're going to tell people the truth. However, cousins, let's go back. As we have heard, for a lot of reasons, 
people, black people, black cousins in the country are exposed to COVID, perhaps in a higher region, higher level. There are a number of reasons why. One, because they had to be in jobs, many of them, in which you had to go out and be a part of it. They couldn't resident at home. There may be some other factors that are associated with genealogy. We don't know for sure. But what we do know is that they perhaps haven't had as many black people as a part of these tests as they need to. Why? Because there still is that history and understanding of the experiment of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. That was terrible, right? We can all agree with that. And so now it becomes, I think, necessary on the part of all these organizations to do a couple things in regards to this. One is make sure everybody is real clear as to what the exposures are. Two, to let everybody know exactly how long it's going to last. This was not going to be a six-month deal as the Tuskegee experiment started off and ended up 40 years later. And you're going to have to be forthright with regards to the information that's going to be coming out regarding this. What's happening? What's going on? And then, of course, they always tell you, which is also a part of all of them, that they're going to take care of any medical issues that you may have, may in fact have as a result of this. Okay? Because think about it, cousins. In order to do a COVID vaccine, you're going to have to get COVID in order to prove the vaccine works. That's going to take some courage on the part of the cousins out there who's going to do that work for us. So, cousins, what I'm saying is history is important to know and important to understand because it does have impact on what happens in the future. The history of the Tuskegee experiment is behind us. It also was happening for a lot of other reasons we'll get into later in regards to race and capitalism and believe the people's lives matter. It moves forward in regards to are we going to have enough people, all cousins out there, in order to be able to conduct the experiments, in order to be able to get us a vaccine for COVID-19 as quickly as we all can, because that's something I think all of us want and can agree on. So. We have to market clearly, be honest, and tell people exactly what they need to know and what we're getting into. Because the history is justified why people don't necessarily trust some of these things. You with me, cousins? All right, so that wraps it up for today. Tell you what, from what I understand, keep wearing your masks. By the way, it regards to exactly the same line, talk to all your medical professionals. At this point in time, we're entering into the flu season. Get your flu shots. I already have mine. If you're over 65, there's another one that you need to get, like a booster, if you will. Talk to your doctor or to your pharmacy where you're going to get your shot. Get your flu vaccine because, unfortunately, from what we understand, the flu looks a lot like COVID when it first gets started. All right, cousins? I want you to take care of yourselves, and we'll see you again on the next episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome to the show, here we go again, hey cousins, bring up cousins, I got some news to tell you.